2: This is vSIN Final Countdown
5: with Stormy Bonatoni and Matt Brown on vSIN, the Sports Betting Network.
3: Welcome to VEASAN Final Countdown on a Wednesday. He's Matt Brown. I'm Stormy Tony. We are live from Las Vegas at the South Point Sportsbook Studio. Um, Also to join us throughout the course of the next two hours, the one and only Danielle Alvari. Give us the inside scoop on all things Los Angeles sports, uh, both USC and UCLA in action this weekend. Important games for the Chargers and Rams. uh, And Steve Buchanan, DraftKings, MLB, and NFL betting analysts will join us as well in hour two. And while there's plenty of football talk that we will have today, I actually want to get started here in Major League Baseball. There's one game in action right now. The Brewers just got on the board with a solo shot in the 6th to lead the Mets 1-0. But all that's on my mind right now
6: Oh, do tell.
3: Is Aaron Judge watch? I'm so boring, but it's all I care about right now.
6: You had a hot take that has turned out to be a very very mild take at this point.
3: I would argue cold. It's yes. getting cold. It's getting stale. It is almost
6: stale. a cold take. Um, yes, you were saying that it, he was definitely going to get to 61, and that he and that Albert Pujols was going to get to 700. We are we are cru- well, we're cruising towards one for sure. And Albert's just got to, like, continue to defy aging for, like, the next couple of weeks. (laughs) Come on. You can do
3: it. You only need a couple more. But Aaron Judge hits 60 yesterday against the Pirates. It was a solo shot that sparked a five-run ninth-inning rally for the Yankees to eventually have a comeback win against the Pirates 9-8. Ian Carlos Stanton, who's somebody who hasn't really been himself since coming back from injury, Mm -hmm. hits the grand slam um, to send this thing to a close. Um, And now, not only is Aaron Judge... One away from tying Roger Maris, two away from exceeding the mark, but he is also now in position, like we talked about the other day, for the American League Triple Crown because the average is there as well. He was sitting in third in the American League, hitting three fourteen, now up to three sixteen, leads the American League in RBI and home runs. And the, <laughs> we were talking about it right before the show started. The home run differential between him and the rest of the league yes. is insane. Yes. 20 home runs.
6: Kyle Schwarber. By the way, if someone asked you who's second in all of Major League Baseball and home runs, you would have had no idea until I just said that. It's Kyle Schwarber, <laughs> if you're wondering. It's Kyle Schwarber. He has 40. That being said, Kyle Schwarber has 40 home runs while hitting over 100 points lower than Aaron Judge is. He is uh, uh, we just looked at it outside. Kyle Schwarber, who also, by the way, hits leadoff for for the Phillies, even in Aaron Judge hitting leadoff tonight for the Yankees. Schwaber has struck out 184 times in 141 games. I mean, it's just it's just a completely different season for these guys. I mean, like these power hitters that hit all these home runs, the average doesn't have to be there. They just want to hit it out of the park. Well, Aaron Judge is doing it all, and that is what makes this season so incredibly Special minus 20,000 for him to win the MVP this morning. Uh, so, you what were, you're
3: saying is there can't be an Otani argument. So, anymore. listen, just
6: walk up to the counter, put down your 20,000, <laughs> wait a month, and you'll get $100. Yay! Yes, you, you'll win $100 on that. It, it, yes, I mean, this. there's an argument that you know it should go to Shohei Otani. I mean, listen, if this is the case, that if, if you honestly are sitting out there and believe it should go to Shohei Otani, that it should go to Shohei Otani every single year until he retires because there would be no case to be made for anybody mm-hmm. else to ever win. The MVP, because this is, like I said, in contention for the Triple Crown, he has hit over 60 home runs. He will hit over 60 home runs. He's hit 60 right now. He's on
3: pace for 66 now. He will hit
6: over 60 home runs. He is hitting leadoff because he gets on base so incredibly often for his team and including all the RBI like you're talking about. I mean, there's, there's no other season that would be comparable to take down an Ohtani-type season than this season. So if, if if you honestly believe that Shoei Ohtani should win the MVP, then we he should win it every single year <laughs> henceforth moving yeah, if, forward. If
3: Aaron Judge doesn't yeah. win it this year, then there's no hope yes, for anybody. For anyone what ever. What he is doing is historic. It's so fun to watch. And even he, for as much as he tries to be all business, recognizes that it's rarefied air that he is in, especially when you talk about being a part of the New York Yankees organization and the history that goes with that. Roger Maris, Mickey Mantle. Mickey Mantle, by the way, yeah. the last Yankee to win the Triple Crown back in 1956. So it's Babe Ruth, very, very... Cool and special for him to be a part of that. Minus 5,000 now for him to go over the 61.5 and break the AL record. Um, and my question and that, now.
6: And as I mentioned, hitting leadoff tonight too. Yes. So he's going to get as many at-bats as as they can get him basically moving forward here. So they are going to make sure that he is getting all the at-bats to try to get there against Ronzi Contreras tonight. Of the Pirates, Ronzi Contreras, 5-4 and four on the season with a 3-2-4 ERA.
3: And we, we touched on it a little bit, but what I think is so special about Aaron Judge this season as well is not just that he's having the production and that he's having success – but it's that he's making game-changing at bats, mm-hmm. right? Like this team, the Yankees have had 15 walk-off wins this year, and he has been the the at bat that has made it in many of them. And he has just had very impactful at bats. Even last night, when we talk about him sparking the run in the ninth inning for them to ultimately get that win over Pittsburgh. And so now, are they able to do that in October? That's the thing, because right? they should they should win the division now. Mm-hmm. They should get that first round by. But now when October comes around and they have to play in meaningful games and they have a series tied, are they going to be able to step up and have the same kind of success?
6: Yeah, I mean, it really is going to come down to their pitching, bullpen, everything like that, and seeing if if they can continue to do that. Because, I mean, look, the, the hitting, I imagine, will continue to be there. They, they went they went on that slump there for a while, but since then, it's been back on track. And I think that the hitting will be there. I think it's going to come down to the pitching. And there are some real contenders. Once you shorten these rotations, right, in the AL There are some real contenders that I think can give just about anybody a tough time. I mean, if you look at this, even if you look at this Mariners team, right, like once you condense their rotation and you're just getting like a three-man type rotation, even the Mariners become fairly scary. And so once we get to that point in the season where you only are kind of putting out your three best dudes, it is, I think that the Yankees are definitely vulnerable here. I, I really do. I think that they're vulnerable in a short series and certainly in a series where you're just getting their three best guys every single time so it's going to be it's going to be fun to watch i mean on the nl side it's a little bit different right i mean like you look at a team like the dodgers where they have top end dudes in the rotation as well as this monster lineup, you know? And so I'm not as much worried on the, on the NL side, but on the AL side, I think it is pretty wide open.
3: How much of a disappointment do you think it'll be for the Dodgers if they don't win the world series this year? Like, is this like the ultimate disappointment considering the season that they've had?
6: It would be, and by by the way, quietly, right? This amazing season. Like, I mean, I granted, we should be talking about Aaron judge and stuff that he's done is, is amazing, but. Dodgers should keep winning, and we just don't even – no one even talks just about Just
3: like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah just they move won move again. On. Yeah, they winning again. A, who cares? So <laughs> we just
6: keep on moving on.
3: <laughs> um, granted, Pujols, by the way, we're not in minus 5,000 territory, but for him to get 700 in the regular season, minus 350. So the expectation is that if he gets the at-bats – He's going to get there. Um, hit two singles and a 5 nothing loss to the Padres yesterday. Cardinals today, plus 115. Back in San Diego, Padres a minus 135 favorite with Blake Snell on the hill there. Um, just
6: defy the old, Albert. Just, just defy, defy the old. old. Defy the old, buddy. Just come on. Get it done. Someone give him all the PEDs. I
3: read. Just give him all the PEDs. So you know how they have the on-pace statistics? Yeah. He's on pace for 699.1, <laughs> and you're like, okay, but oh. how, unfo- how awful would that be if he does get 699 and he doesn't get 700 and he's already made the commitment that he's not coming back?
6: That would be abs- – and, and here's the deal, because he would have, because he would have to come back. He'd have to come back. He'd play like twenty games just, and then he'd he would retire. You can't play, retire on six ninety nine. Just play
3: enough games until you hit seven hundred and it could be game one. It could be in Seriously, the second half of the season. You can't
6: retire you, you cannot retire on six ninety-nine. He's gonna come back and he's gonna play like ten games. They're gonna be like oh. the saddest ten games because he's not even gonna work out in the all-season, you to come back all fat and everything because he like doesn't care. He knows he's retiring as soon as he gets one home run. Oh. So it'd just be like the saddest, like 10, 12, 14 games or something like that we ever saw. From Apple Pools. Over in the uh, just just to give you the quick update, Orioles are still five back in that wild card race, trailing the Mariners, Rays, and Jays. And then over on the NL side of things, Brewers, two and a half games back of the Phillies. Braves are in. They have clinched now. So it is between the Pirates, Phillies, and Brewers. Uh Padres are a full four games up on the Brewers in that wild card race. And then again, two and a half up are the Phillies on the Brewers.
3: Good stuff Um, in the NFL news today coming out that the league will ultimately uphold the suspension to Bucks wide receiver Mike Evans, despite the appeal yesterday. So no Mike Evans, Cole Beasley is expected to be elevated from the practice squad to the active roster. They also placed running back Gio Bernard and tackle Josh Wells on IR Wells, who is already starting in place of Donovan Smith, who is dealing with an elbow injury. And also yesterday, which we learned while we were on the air defensive lineman, Akeem Hicks expected to miss about a month. With plantar fasciitis, so a lot going down for the Bucks.
6: And what we have seen now is this line at the majority of books out there has fallen to one in favor of the Bucks. Of course, this was three, then it was two and a half, then it was two, then it was one and a half. Now we're looking at one in favor of the Bucks. There are a couple of one and a halves left if you still want to try to get in a Packers teaser leg in this thing. You can still get it up over the seven and a half. There are a few one and a halves left, but they are probably going to be gone as well pretty soon. So again, if you're, if you're looking to play the Packer side, especially on a teaser side of things, you're going to need to do that fairly soon because there's only one, two, three, two, left in the market, whereas everybody else has moved to one.
3: Low total in that game as well, sitting around 41-and-a-half. Um, David Bakhtiari and Randall Cobb both sat out at practice today, but there's been a little bit of a growing belief that uh, – Parentheses
6: old.
5: Also, parenthesis old. Wow. Yes. Well yeah. done. Well uh-huh. done.
3: But there has been a growing belief that Bakhtiari – could come back this week he's feeling it out day to day I already know like based on your sway how you feel about this you're tired of the week he's been week to week forever
6: yeah it's been two years that he's been week to week basically day to day for for Bakhtiari so I'm kind of like not holding on hope anymore that he's gonna go look I already said yesterday we did it on air I went ahead and put in at that teaser leg with the Packers and the Eagles I really 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 like that one This week, I think there's going to be a very tough time for the Commanders trying to pass against this secondary of the Eagles and getting the Eagles down to you know, basically like a point or half a point in a teaser leg I think is super, super good there. And then again, in this one, it's like we talked about, super low total. And where are the Bucs going to look to move the ball? I mean, yes, you have Leonard Fournette, and maybe they just try to run it, run it, run it, run it, and pound it to death but outside of that I mean literally literally now their wide receiver one is Rashad Perryman right I mean like that's like, like that's what they're looking at for for what, uh, now that Mike Evans has been suspended and that's been upheld so yeah I, I really do like the Packers leg a lot
3: maybe the only hope on the matter is that Aaron Rodgers apparently hates Florida three and five in the state in his career um, going back interesting Uh we're gonna step aside real quickly when we come back plenty more news and notes around the National Football League and how that has impacted the betting lines don't go anywhere more visa and final countdown coming up Football season on the right foot by subscribing to VSIN Pro. Get full access to everything we do here at VSIN, including our daily picks at a glance, recap of the top plays made from VSIN show hosts and guests. You get 24 7 video, season prep, including our weekly college and pro football matchup guides covering each game, pro tools like our betting splits, and pro tips updated every hour with actionable insights to up your betting game. Sign up on our discounted football special and get VSIN Pro access to everything we do now through the Super Bowl. Only $175 or save 50% off the monthly price with an annual subscription. Bet smarter all year long. Go to vcin.com slash subscribe.
6: We told them yesterday.
3: We know the exchange rates. The people don't don't need to know how much that costs in Canada. No,
6: it's two more dollars today than it was yesterday. We said the price was going to go up.
3: Every day. Every day. That you miss out in getting involved. And even more in Canada.
6: It's more <laughs> and even more expensive in Canada. It's 235-38 today where it's two thirty-three, seventy-seven
3: yesterday. Well, things that are happening south of that Canadian border. Uh, We've got a Thursday night football game coming up tomorrow. Yes. Steelers and Browns going head to head. Not to too head. Far,
6: You know, it's like it's in the in the vicinity kind of right you know i mean it's, you got to go down a state but yeah it's, it's still it's, south. It's, clo- it's closer than we are
3: that's very it's closer true. than we are to the canadian border ay caramba um, geography lesson we have some injury updates i know you're not a doctor but i figured yeah. i might as well still get to these good news it looks like miles garrett is going to be mm. available in this game um garrett who has Half the team's three sacks this season. So that's very good. But also, Jadavian Clowney already ruled out. Um, Winovich ruled out. Cleveland's also dealing with injuries to starting left guard Joel Bettino, who missed practice on Tuesday with a biceps injury, and their right tackle, Jack Conklin. Both of the O linemen are expected to be available for the game but just notable that they are dealing with these injuries but the biggest news there Miles Garrett will be available.
6: Yes, and that could be very bad news because as we mentioned the one thing that you can really really point at as a weakness for this Steelers team is that offensive line and it's shown so far through the first couple of weeks of the season they've actually they've been able to get absolutely nothing going in the run game whatsoever because these guys can't block and of course we've seen some pretty seen some pretty big uh pretty big pressure situations as well for Trubisky in that offense. And so, I, look, we'll talk survivor picks a little bit later. The Browns are at least in consideration for me this week. I hate to have to make the, the choice on Thursday, but they're at least in consideration for me this week as well. I just think that this is a pretty good matchup for them against that offensive line. And and basically in the status of this team right now, the Steelers team is about as bad as it could be. So I'll go ahead and play the Browns again when I know that there's really no time other than week two. 12 and beyond whenever Deshaun Watson's back that I would ever want to play him again. So that's uh that's at least in the, they're on the short list.
3: Do you know how many offensive touchdowns that Pittsburgh has zero? No, they have two, but that should tell you something about how problematic their offense they really? they is. Yeah. Have two? Two, I, I would never, two I would not have thought touchdowns. that. Yeah. They have two.
6: Mm, who scored them? Do we know? We don't know. I'd have to look them up. Who knows? Probably not Najee Harris. If you had Najee Harris on your fantasy team like last week, he destroyed you.
3: Yeah, thanks for that. Um, yeah. Good reminder. Oh, you do? Yes, I oh. do. I have oh. Najee Harris on my fantasy team, and I also have Michael Pittman Jr., and that's a little bit of a good update as well. Um, he obviously missed this past week, mm-hmm. but back at practice, things are looking up for Michael Pittman Jr.
6: And what that did, we when we were on air yesterday, we started to see some sevens pop for the Chiefs. And so this news comes through, and now we're starting to see sixes and six-and-a-halves Show back up again, and and I think that's a little bit more fair than we were saying. Like I said, I was hoping this would get on the other side of a touchdown. If that was the case, I was probably going to play the Colts because it was just it was not that I not that I am down on the Chiefs by any stretch in this matchup. Is just you know over mm-hmm. a touchdown with the Colts coming back home. I think that it was just a little bit too too big of a number. That being said, doesn't look like that's going to happen now, especially that this news has come out on a Wednesday. So probably just a pass for me and a game that I'll just be watching. But I mean, look, this is going to kind of define this Colts squad, right? I mean, like you start Oh, two and one and making the playoffs is probably going to be a pretty, I mean, you'd have to win the division at that point to, to make the playoffs. And even then, you know, you're going to be, you're going to be up against it. So it's uh it's a pretty big game here. I'm not going to say it's the season in week three. That would be foolish of me to say, but it's certainly a pretty massive game for this Colts team and trying to figure out what their identity is. Who are they? I mean, like we are we're, we're starting to hear now is Frank Reich, Need he need to go? You know, I mean, like we're starting to even to hear those rumbles already. So, it just doesn't
3: make sense to me with the talent they have, with the pieces that they have, mm-hmm. that they're not scoring points.
6: The expectations were so high, right? I mean, like that's the other thing coming in. It was, it, we, I was high on them. I bets that backed that up. I think everybody that was looking, like you're saying, at the roster, and you say, okay, a quarterback that we thought maybe wasn't washed, and, and then you <laughs> look, and with 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 the skill position player in in, in Pittman, then you look at the running back situation. Then you look on the defensive side of the ball in which they should be able to limit points and all that. We're kind of like, all right. And I mean, look, to be fair to the defense, they give up 20 and then 24. It's not like they're getting just absolutely run, right? like They're not getting routed.
3: Exactly, which is all the more reason why your offense Mm. should keep you in this. The fact that Jonathan Taylor had nine touches for 54 yards a week ago, I mean... That's not what it should be for him, right? He is supposed to be the rushing leader in all of the National Football League, and you're not helping him produce. You're not giving him mm-hmm. opportunities, and as far as the quarterback position goes, I, I'm i still just trying to figure out why, and I get talking season is a whole different animal, but we all were talking about Matt Ryan like, hey, he's not hes not washed. Yeah. He is going to be the missing piece to get them over the hump because Carson Wentz couldn't do it. Matt Ryan is going to be the guy. His veteran presence, his leadership presence is going to get them there, and that has not been the case.
6: I think the only thing about this game that is at least interesting, and I did have this kind of on the short list and trying to decide where I want to go is – is the total, because we are looking at a total over 50 here, and we're looking at 50 and a half in this game, and we know the Colts have not been able to do really much on offense, and then the way that people play the Chiefs from a defensive perspective, we have talked about this earlier in the week, was the sit back and the two safeties sit back, let make them dink and dunk, don't give them the splash plays. We've seen basically no splash plays at all from the Chiefs so far mm-hmm. this year. Now, Tyreek Hill not being on the offense certainly doesn't help that situation either, but I do wonder if these the days of the 50-plus totals for the Chiefs might be limited, especially if they're playing a team like the Colts, right? And then we start to like put things together where we're like, okay, if the Colts are going to really make this a game and if the Colts really are going to be in this one, doesn't that mean Jonathan Taylor has a big game? Doesn't that mean mm-hmm. that the run game actually gets going and that being how they kind of want to operate this thing is funnel it through? Taylor. And so if that's the case, is that conducive to a high scoring environment? I I just don't, I don't really know if it is right. And that was the one thing that kind of stuck out to me where I'm looking and saying, maybe this chiefs team with the way the defenses are playing them. And then you get an opponent like the Colts is, is this too many points? And so that's, that's at least going to be on the short list for me to maybe make the account as an underplay in this one.
3: And on the road in a tough environment, a team that's got their backs up against the wall. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I agree with that sentiment. I'm just, this is probably just a complete stay away game for me. Mm -hmm. And unless you just think that the Colts can be competitive, but the chiefs still win, Based on what we've seen to this point, and you mm-hmm. do use that as a survivor play. I right. hate using road teams in survivor. Um, and I mean, as we've seen, it clobbered me in week one, hence why I should actually not be an active participation <sighs> in that conversation. Uh, let's go to the Vikings Lions game. Vikings, a six point home favorite, taken on Detroit. And a couple interesting things coming out of Kevin O'Connell's press conference this week safety Harrison Smith in concussion protocol right now. And said, Gotta do a better job getting Dalvin Cook mm-hmm. involved. No yeah yeah
6: yeah no joke that was just a that was brutal to watch this past week. there's no doubt about it and and I think one of the interesting interesting things about that was though the shadows situation that we saw in that game and like I don't there, there aren't a ton of corners that are going to be able to cover Justin Jefferson that's for sure but um he was able to get shadowed in in, in that game and I think that that was a really big interesting because like Darius mm-hmm. Slay has just been absolutely fantastic
3: big play slay.
6: Yeah. And and like he shadowed Justin Jefferson followed him basically all over the field. And you can see the production was super, super limited. That's another one of the reasons why, you know, if you want to, why I'm kind of so high on the Eagles this week as well. I mean, he's going to shadow McLaurin and you know, the other outside receivers are rookie. Can the rookie beat you? Maybe, but he's going to be up against Bradbury. So I'll take Bradbury over a rookie. And then, so basically it just leaves Curtis Samuel in the slot and if that's the case, I'll take my chances on Curtis Samuel beating me with the Eagles in that game. If that's the case, then so be it. And I'm just, you know, unfortunate. But, um, yeah, I mean, th- this this Vikings team, this is the spot where we are going to figure out, like, okay, did we overvalue them after that week one win? Or is this still the same team that we thought they were? And it's kind of like the Rams-Bills situation. Mm-hmm. Is it just they ran into the Eagles, and the Eagles are truly going to be one of the Best teams in in the NFL, and if that's the case, then there's no no harm, no foul right. in getting you know shut down by one of the teams that might may end up in the Super Bowl. That's yeah,
3: yes, and that's again we're just sticking with our original thought, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's still too early to know if what we're seeing on the football field is legit, and if that is the characterization that we're going to see for this team mm-hmm. down the line. We obviously. Put these expectations in our mind about a team because of what we know about their rosters and because of a lot of game plan situational things we anticipate for them. And if that hasn't lived up against a really, really good team, that's okay. But now, over the next six weeks, how will they form?
6: Yeah, and, and I think that's one of the things where if we if we dig in a little bit further, like we always say, like, instead of just looking at the surface stuff, we dig in a little bit further. Like, like Ex- Darius Slay. Expected stats. Yeah, it's like, Darius Slay is going to, like, make life hard on a lot of receivers this year, right? I mean, like, with, with him having Bradbury now on the other side, where he's able to kind of go and shadow and do this stuff with these guys, like, he's going to make life tough on a lot of really good receivers. And so you know maybe this Vikings offense that was appeared broken last week wasn't so much they just ran into a really good team.
3: Well, I appear broken all the time and someone that always <laughs> makes me happy is Danielle Alvari. She will join us in just a couple minutes when we come back from a quick break. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back to v Sin Final Countdown Live from Las Vegas. This segment presented by Zyn Nicotine Pouches. Zyn Nicotine Pouches are a fresher, simpler way to enjoy nicotine that's helped millions of people achieve lasting change by offering smoke-free and spit-free satisfaction. Zinn understands there isn't one right time to make a change. Everybody's timeline's a little different. Everyone's on their own journey, but whenever you feel like you're ready to take that first step toward change, Zinn's there for you. Check out Zinn Nicotine Pouches at zyn.com. That's Z-Y-N.com. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. And as far as things that are addictive, things that I love. Nothing gets me to light up like a Christmas tree more than talking to our girl Danielle Alvari, basic contributor you. and host what an intro. who joins. Well, it's true. Never
6: been said about me, but no, that's okay. Yeah, I mean okay. that's that's on One you. Day.
3: Um, Danielle, obviously, you are our expert of all things LA. Also, our most profitable and bet WNBA better here. And congratulations on the Aces getting it done. And Chelsea Gray, MVP, let's go.
2: Casual, Matt, did you actually – did you
6: make the bet? Do you have the ticket? Of course. Yeah, of course I did. Listen, I always listen to you, Danielle. Obviously, that's why I, you know, let's had uh, all of those futures tickets that cashed as well. Oh, Never mind, I didn't. I had horrible, horrible futures well, tickets. Well,
2: let's recap. But, uh, you and Kelly decided to bet on the Dream against – AMA, against my advice.
6: Yeah. They were 4-1 <laughs> or something at the time, or 3-1 or whatever it was, and still 100-1 to one to win it all. It made no sense to me. That okay. made no sense to me.
2: Anyways, Stormy knows that I miss her as well because – I told her we need to hang out. And then I was like, this is the busiest part of our season. This is a terrible time for us.
3: All we want to do is be friends. We're just hoping I get assigned a game in LA at UCLA so that I can actually meet up with her. Speaking of which, maybe that's where we can start here because UCLA, a 21 point favorite taken on a Colorado team that I just covered last week against Minnesota that looked absolutely listless. And, but I mean, your Bruins just had a close call with South Alabama. Look out Sunbelt. They have been significantly better than I think a lot of people expected coming into this season. What do you make of the big number against the the Colorado Buffaloes this week?
2: Oh, oh gosh, I don't know. That first of all, a hook on a twenty-one. Please, could I pass faster? Eleven a.m. start again. By the way, if you've missed any of the UCLA football season so far, it's been horrible opponent after horrible opponent. Bright and early, bright and early mm-hmm. for you on Pac-12 networks, which apparently nobody even has access to. So the move to the Big Ten couldn't have it. Any faster, uh, but another lackluster opponent here, at least they're on the road for this one, 11 a.m. Start Colorado's lost all three of their games by what, at least 25 points and allowed at least 38 points in each of those losses. There's zero and three against the spread. Uh, UCLA, by the way, last year won by quite a bit last season, well over two or three touchdowns and Colorado has only gotten worse since then, so I totally understand this spread, but I think, I mean, because I think UCLA can cover 21. I don't want to take it with a hook, obviously. And and once again, Colorado, just not Colorado of years past. It's interesting, though, actually enough, because Colorado actually won the last three head-to-head meetings of these two teams. The last time UCLA won in Boulder was 2014. So maybe that gives you pause, but this Colorado team is really terrible. I mean, through three games, they've only scored 30 points total. So what is that, 10 points per game? UCLA's defense is just not a bet on defense for me, though. So even though I lean under for this game because I don't see Colorado scoring a lot of points, I I just don't trust UCLA's defense enough. It's weird that we finally have this new defensive coordinator in, and I don't even know how much of an improvement is. It's like if your defense was a 3 out of 10 and now it's a 5 out of 10, that's still not going to get it done. So for me, this is still something I'm staying away from. But reality is going to kick in for the Bruins when they have to host Washington on Friday at home.
3: Yeah, that's my only worry with the spread is maybe a potential look-ahead, um, looking over a team that's obviously significantly worse than them dealing with some issues. The one thing, though, I was going to kind of joke about, either way, whether UCLA was going to be home or away, Roughly ten fans in the seats. Oh no, I was actually. Oh, you stole
6: my joke. (laughs) I was going to say, Danielle, do you think more premium seating at the UCLA games or at the Colorado games? Like, buy the twelve dollars seats and you can get down into the thousand dollars seats. There's no like, listen, that's a that's the pro tip for this hour. (laughs) Is buy the cheap seats at either one of these stadiums and then just move down into the expensive seats.
2: It's making me sad. Uh, I thought cause this is an away game. We could, we could be civil here and we could not talk about this, but <laughs> here, here we are. And what I will say is it's, it's luxury seating. Okay. In Los Angeles, we, we put a, pr- a premium uh, on that. So yeah, yeah. I had ample leg room at the game that I attended. So <laughs> I I'll just leave it at that.
6: Yes. Yeah. And she means by that I laid completely out and still had <laughs> yeah. no one within 40 feet of me in all directions is what, what was going on there. All right. So let's talk about USC at Oregon state this week. What do you see in this one?
2: Uh, I thought it was funny that I'm wearing orange today because I'm fading some orange teams this week and Oregon State's one of them. Uh, Last year, Oregon State did win in LA 45 to 27. Uh, but I don't see that happening for them this year because, again, that USC team just night and day, like the darkest night possible and the brightest day possible between those two teams as we've seen so far. USC is covering the spread by an average of 13.2 points per game. They blew out Rice, won by 52, covered against Stanford, 13-point win, and against Fresno State with a 28-point win, a game that people thought like maybe Fresno State could cover this, and again, won by 28. So the offense has been stellar. Defense, surprisingly, has been able to force some turnovers or Oregon State, though, has also been really surprising, and I'm, I'm so pleased because before the season started, I was speaking with Pamela Maldonado, and she was talking about the Pac-12 teams that were on her radar that would probably go over their win total or that were interesting, and Oregon State was one she circled, and so far, we've seen that come to fruition. They just beat Boise State. They get the road win over Fresno State, but how did these teams beat Fresno State, right? USC kind of blows them out. Oregon State... Very ballsy final move, but able to just barely do it in the final second. Some betters, a lot of people I feel like, seem to have USC on upset alert for this game. And I can't believe me of all people. I'm saying this six and a half, it's, it, oh, it seems like a trap, right? That's what we're also saying. Like the six and a half is like, wait, what? How is USC only a six and a half? You're seeing sixes. You're seeing sevens as well. I just think the talent discrepancy is way too big. Caleb Williams, Jordan Addison, Mario Williams, Travis Dye. Um, it's really incredible. But a fun kind of stat that you absolutely shouldn't make a bet based on, <laughs> but I thought was interesting was that back to since 2006, Oregon State is three and two against USC in their home games. All the wins have come when the Trojans were ranked in the top 25 Mm. and all their losses to them were when USC was unranked. So maybe it is upset alert, but I think USC minus six and a half seems too obvious of a play.
3: The one thing I will say about the mutual opponent with Fresno State is that their quarterback, Jake Hayner, did get hurt very early in the third quarter. So he didn't get to continue to lead the offense. Um, But, yeah, I mean, obviously, you can't ignore what USC is doing offensively. And Oregon State, similarly, has had a lot of success on the offensive side of the ball. So I actually lean toward the total. It's been bet up now from 68 to 71 71 now. I know. And so I'm not touching the 71. I did bet over 69, though. And maybe I need to go check myself into a rehab facility for what I'm getting myself into here Um, but USC averaging 50 points a game Oregon State averaging 45 points a game and yes they both did have one opponent Rice and um, Montana State in the FCS who they just blew Mm -hmm. out so you have to kind of throw that out a little bit but the offenses are moving I like the way Chance Nolan moves the ball and nobody moves it better than Caleb Williams so uh, that's the most
2: fun bet you could make risky
3: I want all the points give me all the points Um, let's move on to the NFL a little bit here the Chargers and Rams both in action. And the one I'm actually most interested in here is the Rams only laying three and a half at Arizona. Do you think there's a little bit more value on LA this week given the way that they've started their season and the high of Arizona making that comeback win against the Raiders? Maybe it's not as deserved a hype as they should have this week.
2: I think it, and maybe Matt can speak to this a little bit more. I think some analysts seem to think that the Rams are looking a little bit fraudulent and maybe are not believing in the Rams as much this season. And then the Cardinals have that come from behind win against the Raiders, 29 to 23, and they, they have this huge comeback. And so that's kind of what I was come to expect from this Cardinals team is these big boomer bust games for them, right? They go off or they do nothing. Uh, the Rams are 10 in one in the last 11 games against the Cardinals, including last year's playoffs. The Cardinals have covered one of those 10. So I get that we could think that we're going to see a close game. Here and I totally, if you look at the stats, like it's not convincing for me to look at the Rams 26 in total offense, are putting up just 20 and a half and a points per game on offense, and they rank 27th in defense with 29 points allowed per game. So maybe the over is where you look for this, especially because the Cardinals are the fifth worst in the NFL in total yards allowed per contest. I could see why people think this is going to be close, and maybe it is, but I don't believe enough in Arizona right now to take the points. If anything, I would look to the Rams, but there are stats that the Rams are putting up right now that make me have pause.
6: I want a three so bad in this game. Mm-hmm. I will be playing. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'll be mm-hmm. playing the Rams. I just want a three so incredible so annoying. There, yeah, it, there's like there's so much recency bias in this line. I mean, like you said, it was just it's it was the flashy highlights on every single sports center and everything about what, yep. what Kyler Murray did and all that. Like this this line has gotten egregious. I just want a three so, so, so badly. We got a family <laughs> game here. Stormy and I are both on the 49ers and you are as well. What do you like about this 49ers team this week?
2: Oh God, that makes me nervous. Okay. Uh, so no Trey Lance. How often is it that like your starting quarterback goes out and we're like, yes, upgrade to our back. Mm. <laughs> Jimmy G gets him to one NFC title game, a super bowl. And yet still people are not backing Jimmy G enough. I, I even saw somebody tweet like, Oh, if he gets us to another NFC title game, then I'll buy a Jersey. Like what? So uh, he's 35 and 16 as a starter for them. he, also took a huge pay cut and is still here getting it done for them. Uh, Denver, embarrassing loss to Seattle, clawed their way to a win over the Texans, and somehow the spread's only one and a half when you're putting Jimmy G back in. Russell Wilson, great record against San Francisco when he was in Seattle, but he's not. Uh, He didn't look very good against Texas. Uh, 14 of 31 passes, 66 and a half passive rating. I I also took an alternate line one on this. I have San Francisco money line at like minus 120, and then I also took San Francisco minus six and a half at like plus 200.
3: Ooh, I like that. Jazzing it up. Thank you so much, Danielle. You're
2: the best. Thanks, guys.
3: That's Danielle Alvari. At Danielle Alvari on Twitter. Um, does a great job for B What's up? What Why you are you think? staring at me? What, like what
6: that? did you think? What did you think of that comment of hers where she was nervous because we're on the same game? Well, as I don't her. what is that bl- all about? I
3: honestly don't blame her. I mean, I guess her. my yeah, last first. What happened when we said Russell Wilson over one and a half touchdown yeah. passes week one? I don't want to talk about it. Um by the way, the 49ers she mentioned the record of the 49ers with Jimmy G, without him as the starter, nine and twenty-nine shows how impactful he has been in terms of wins and losses. Don't go anywhere. More Final Countdown coming up.
5: This is VSEN's final countdown with Stormy Bonatone and Matt Brown on VSEN, the sports betting network.
3: Kick off football season with Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook. Bet Rivers is your go to sportsbook for every line, boost, and special. Lace up for week three with Bet Rivers Parlay Insurance and touchdown insurance offers every Sunday. All season long, build a parlay of at least four legs, and if it loses, get your stake back as a free bet up to 25 bucks. Wager on any player to score the first touchdown on Sunday Night Football, and get your money back as a free bet if they score any time. Head to BetRivers.com or download the Bet Rivers app. It's a whole new game. Welcome back to Vicin Final Countdown alongside Matt Brown, I'm Stormy Bond and Tony. Is do, do. that me breaking news? Yes. Breaking, breaking news. news.
6: So Justin Herbert was Ooh. back out at practice, but he only handed the ball off during the open media Part of practice and did not throw any passes.
3: I did hear, though, that yesterday he was in the building, lifting, doing his usual workout and was throwing a little bit. It was obviously without pads, without helmet, without anything like that. Mm -hmm. But he was at least throwing some passes yesterday internally.
6: So did not throw any passes. Donald uh, Kenan Allen back out at practice as well for the Chargers. So there is that. And Donald Parham also back out at practice. So. You know, again, no passes being thrown for people to see with their own eyes from Herbert, but he was out there. Yes. They saw him moving around and doing things.
3: So, I don't know about you. My expectation is that we're going to see him on the field this weekend.
6: I think he tries. Now, whether he makes it the whole game, that could be a difference. So,
3: story. that was going to be my question. So, I anticipate that he's going to play, mm-hmm. but the level of impact that you can have with a rib cartilage fracture injury, which, from what I understand, I've never injured a rib before. Didn't know have it was you? even possible.
6: Yes, I have. Actually, we're gonna go just rewind forty just forty five seconds of rewinding here. I floated a rib last year while we were while during floated a rib. Floated what does that rib? even mean? Your bottom rib is not actually connected to your rib cage. There's just cartilage that holds it in place, and, and that cartilage can get stretched out. And then your rib just kind of like dangles around in there or whatever. And so, like, I floated a rib. So it's, and, okay. it, and that was horrible pain. Like, I couldn't do anything for like two weeks. So I can't even imagine what's going yeah, on so with it's this, like with this whole move,
3: thing. if you move, if you cough, if anything, and like, then cr- tell me if this was your experience, mm. you can go from excruciating pain to feeling like nothing's wrong just yeah. from minute to minute, depending yeah. on what you Th- That's
6: is. what I'm saying. I don't, I don't know how. I don't know how he plays in this game. Honestly, I don't know how he plays in this game. That said, he's going to have a huge flak jacket on. He's going to have the whole, like, nine – you know, he's going to have stuff I didn't have, obviously, because I'm just a schmuck. You know, he's a professional Whoa, are athlete. are we allowed to use that word? This is a yeah. family show.
3: No, it's not, yeah. but still.
6: And and so, I mean, look, I, I I would never bet any overs. I would never bet anything on Herbert this week. Like, and I, Honestly, I don't know if they'll even post him until maybe, like, right before game time or something like that because, again, I think there's at least a high chance that, one – Either he gets hit and has to leave the game, or two, they get him out of the game as soon as humanly possible. If this game does get in hand, right? Like, like I mean, they are seven-point favorites. They're touchdown favorites. In the game.
3: So the look-ahead was ten-point favorites mm-hmm. for the Chargers, right? So you imagine this is somewhat baked into the line. What's the drop-off for you between Justin Herbert and Chase Daniel? Like, I mean, if if, if he, like let's say he did start the game, what would that line be? Would it be three and a half? Yeah, Four and a
6: half? I mean, it would still be over. Just, I mean. It would still be probably north of three, just given the opponent or whatever. But I mean, it's it's a pretty significant, pretty significant move here. And I'm again, I I say this like I think the Jags in this one are at least fairly interesting, given all the stuff that I said. Like I think that the chance for re-injury or just the effect of uh, his effectiveness, right? Because we saw, I mean, we saw with our own Mm -hmm. eyes he was wincing. Not just throwing the ball, trying to jog off the field. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, this was like, that's how painful everything was. Now he's going to get a chance to get the good stuff injected into him before yeah, he goes out the there. Yeah, by the same
3: doctor who punctured a lung for another certain quarterback. Ooh, so maybe that's not ideal. I'm oh, uh, sorry. There's
6: a lawsuit pending, okay? <laughs>
3: I didn't say names. Yeah, I know. But, I'm not a doctor.
6: So that's, that's, that is that's a huge fade yeah. for me. That, that entire game is a huge fade for me. I don't like unknowns, and I think there is way too many unknowns going into this game. Even if they say Herbert is going to play, I do not have any confidence whatsoever that he's going to be able to, one, play the whole game, or two, play effectively the entire game because it's just a rib injury when you're a quarterback and you have to throw the ball, and especially when you have to try and zip it down the field mm-hmm. and stuff, it can just it can just be a hindrance.
3: And Jags obviously turned some heads with their performance shutting out the Colts in week two, plus 260 underdog on the road in Los Angeles, totaling the game 47 and a half. Now from unknowns, to some things that I feel like we Mm -hmm. do know. But apparently, whether it's the odds makers or betters or whatever, they don't seem to recognize that the Arizona Cardinals are not really a good football team. That what we saw late in the game against the Raiders was a little bit of anomaly. They played eight quarters of garbage football and all of a sudden turned it on because Mm -hmm. Kyler Murray turned into a little Energizer Bunny or a Houdini pulling multiple rabbits out of his hat. I don't know. Anyways, this is what leads me to this hour's pro tip, Mm -hmm. which we do once an hour, every hour here on the network. If you go to VEASAN.com, become a subscriber, VEASAN.com slash subscribe, you get all 20 from every single show, and they're separated by the show and by the sport as well. But this one, we're looking toward this game that highly discussed results from the previous week can lead to incorrect line movement. And we think this three and a half, yes, we are hoping that it should be a three for the Los Angeles Rams, is is a little bit off base here based on what we expected coming into the season with Los Mm -hmm. Angeles and the way they have looked, and what we expected, and what we know about the Arizona Cardinals, and the way they have looked.
6: Yeah, absolutely, and, and not only. How is many it,
3: highlights did you see of Kyler Murray ex- just running around for 20 seconds? It's all they talked about. It's all they talked now.
6: about for 48 hours, basically, is is him in the comeback. And listen, it was a great comeback. They're, they're, I'm not taking anything away from him. However, there is definitely some bias that has come into this line movement here because the Rams, with on from a box score perspective, an unimpressive win this past week. They didn't get any highlights or any kind of anything like that because it was just a ho-hum victory. Well, the Cardinals getting all of the love, all the press, all everything on SportsCenter, and what that's done is it's drawn this line to a point where I'm praying – that this gets to a flat three in which I can come in on the Rams because I think this line has just moved to a point where we have gotten so wrapped up in what we saw last, which was that last little stretch there, this mm-hmm. Cardinals game. That Like I so said, we forgot the other seven quarters <laughs> that we've seen from this team, which was complete hot garbage.
3: Hot garbage. I'm sad yeah. that we don't have Danielle on the program still to say that. That's like her favorite term. Hot garbage. But that is what we saw. Arizona, by the way, I know how much you love DVOA. Mm -hmm. Um, Arizona ranks second to last in defensive DVOA. The offense without Hopkins um, has just really Mm -hmm. largely failed to be productive because Kyler Murray doesn't have his security blanket um, going down. and Unless he goes go-go gadget then the Arizona offense isn't moving. Sean McVay, by the way, five one and one ATS and six and one straight up against Cliff Kingsbury. Average margin of victory in those games, 14.2 points per game. Every win has been by at least a touchdown. So I think this is another coaching mismatch as well in this game. So just some food for thought there for anybody getting involved in, in the Rams-Cardinals matchup. Yeah,
6: I mean, like, even with that even with that flurry that we saw towards the end of the game, I mean, this Cardinals team, from an offensive perspective, is still in the bottom half of the league from a grading perspective and all of that. I mean, like, even with what all that stuff we saw, the rest of everything that we've seen, the full body of work, has them in the bottom half of the league. And I think, you know, again, you're going up against a Rams defense here that is really still pretty stout. And so I'm not holding the Bills – Thumping of them against them, Bills are going to thump a lot of teams so uh, this year. So yeah, I, th- I think this one is is false. That's a contest play for me, regardless, right? I mean, it, even yeah. at the three and a half, like I'll play it in the contest for sure. It just needs to get to the flat three for me to play it. Like James
3: Conner day to day, by the way, as well. If you're into that kind of thing, you spotted getting some reps earlier practice, um, but likely a limited participant. I think he's probably going to play, but good to know that he's dealing mm-hmm. with an issue as well.
6: Yeah, if we're looking at this, I mean, like, Daryl Henderson is likely to be the backup. You know, Benjamin is probably going to get some run as well if, if, uh, for whatever reason, James Connor's not able to go. I don't think either one of those guys is playable from a prop perspective, strictly because it could be kind of one of those weird 50 50 splits because they don't really know who the guy is going to be. I mean, Daryl, it was really, it was really weird. Daryl Williams in the first game was didn't get a single touch, right? And then, like, then as soon as James Connor goes out, he becomes the primary backup. And so it's just, very weird situation there for the Cardinals, so I, I would stay away.
3: I just can't get on board with anything that Arizona does. And yeah. it continues to frustrate me that people Except believe for Cliff's in house. You could get on board with do. this house. I would that, love. Yes.
6: Or I could get on board with Cliff's, Cliff's house. 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 Yeah, Cliff's house I could get down with. That's about it, though.
3: Those, like, photos and video from that yeah. draft a couple years ago oh. are just emblazoned in I my know. mind. Like, he's got the grass with the little concrete square slabs he's, out there. looks so with, nice. With, like, the
6: mini house in the backyard and all the things. Is that your them. goal? Do
3: you need a mini house?
6: Uh, absolutely. Yes. That's, <laughs> that, that, that's the goal for all this is just to have a mini house.
3: So, I know... <laughs> You're so weird. Well, I know uh, when we come back, we're going to talk uh, some Coach of the Year, Offensive mm-hmm. Player of the Year odds that have moved and stuff. The favorite, um, which we'll we'll talk more at length, but the favorite is Mike McDaniel, which I think is uh, a rightful switch in terms of the odds. But it's, I'm not sure that I would bet that.
6: It's not. Look, it's too early in the season for this, and especially considering like this this game right here. So the odds right at six to one. It's not going to get that much better for you. It can only get worse in in after the Bills game, right? I mean, so it's like one of those deals where, for me, I would if I actually think it's going to be McDaniel, I would wait till after the Bills game because they're. I mean, you know, they're likely to lose. They're most likely to lose, and so then you're going to get a better number on him than you are today. In which, like, they're the hottest team, kind of going right now.
3: Similar to like the conversation that we had about Tua yesterday if you wanted to get involved in the MVP market for a guy like him. We'll dive deeper into the coach of the year market when we come back as well as offensive player of the year. Um, Get your feelings and thoughts on who might be worth buying in on at this point in the season. Plenty more VEASAN final countdown in hour two coming up. (laughs)